Long Beach Sermons, visit us at citychurchlongbeach.org. Welcome. Uh, I'm Bill White, one of the pastors, one of the co-pastors here at City Church, and it is good to be together. Uh, it really is. Yeah, yeah, it is good to be together. So um, we are a radically welcoming community on the journey towards Jesus, joining him in the renewal of all things. That's who we are, and that's what we're about, and it's also who we're becoming, and we're glad we get to do it together. Um, by way of just orientation, we have a couple folks. Every week we have folks who are new around City Church, and so we want to let you know where the bathrooms are because that matters. So there's some inside the auditorium just up the stairs to your left. There's also a bathroom out here with the brown door uh, that makes sure you lock it behind you when you leave so then it's open for the person who goes in next. So uh, just a couple of those details. And we like to, uh, we like to pray for our kiddos and... Uh, I think Emma Roy, are you in the house? Yeah, welcome Emma Roy as she prays over our kids. Yeah, we're, we're super grateful for our kiddos and grateful that we've got kids ministry running again. Good morning, church. Good morning, Zoom folks, wherever you are. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, let's pray together. Holy One. We give thanks this morning, especially for the youngest members of our community, for their creativity and flexibility and courage during these last months and now years of, of figuring out how to be together safely in a way that takes care of everyone involved. We ask for your blessings on their continued growth and their friendships. May, may there be so much love to share between them because they know they are so loved by you. In Jesus' name, amen. And then all the kids can join me and Megan over there. We have some crafts. Craft time. Some of the adults might want to join you too. We'll see. So, um, so we uh, are taking a little break from our normal process and we have a special guest here today if you would welcome up with me rihanna shaw robinson straight out of oakland california so she is a friend in a sister church of ours um and she's gets to come come on up she gets to uh preach to us today we're super excited so and we're going to invite uh, andrew brabay who is going to read scripture for us uh, from the book of acts where these two key leaders end up going different directions. So, here you go, Andrew, you want, can I give you this? Acts 15, 36 through 41. Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, let us go back and visit the believers in all the towns where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark, with them. But Paul did not think it wise to take him because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus, and Paul, but Paul chose Silas and left, commended by the believers to the grace of the Lord. He went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. People of God, this is the word of God. You may be seated. Show no mercy. <laughs> People.
people always say that to me, show no mercy, bring it to us, don't hold back. No, I'm nice. And sometimes I'm nice while I am mean. But whatevs, um, I'm super grateful to be here with y'all. It is a gift to see um, lovely faces. I like how y'all are smiling. Hi, sunshine people. Um, I do ask for this word of encouragement. I did, um, I grew up in the Presbyterian church, so I don't want you to shout because that will frighten me. <laughs> but what you can do is you can nod, you can like blink affirmatively. <laughs> If you're feeling real sassy, you can like, like just a little bit, not too, don't go all the way up, just about right here um, as an affirmation, because I believe that we do this work together, right? It's, if I was just standing here by myself, which I've done, thank you, hi Zoom people, um, but the gift to be together is that I get to see your faces, we get to interact, we get to kind of do some of this work together. Um, thank you, Bill and Brenna, who have been amazing, um, just like family in the ministry. I will always tell the story about Bill. I walked into my very first classes meeting. So if you guys know anything about the RCA, we have these big meetings where all of these churches get together. And before we go, the pastor that I went with was like, hey, there will be no black people. And I was like, whatever, no. And he's like, no, 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 no. Like you will be the black person. I was like, all right, what about ladies? And he's like, like three in a group of 70. So I go to a meeting to say that I wanna cast my lot with this denomination in a room full of 70 like old white dudes. And I was like, never mind. Mm -mm. I should probably go home right now. And Bill comes up to me and he goes, oh, I just wanna let you know I've been praying for you. I was like, hi. And he goes, no, 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 really. And he shows me his phone and there is an alarm on his phone to pray for the church where I had recently been serving. So Bill has been praying for me for a long time. And so I hope that y'all feel that as well. I'm sure Bill has been praying for all of y'all before you have even shown up. Am I like? No, I think this is like grumpy. Okay, it's grumpy, but not me. I'm nice. Much better. Is this all right with y'all? You can hear me okay? So um, I'm just grateful. And Brenna was a part of my like all lady ordination team. When I got ordained, I did hurt some men's feelings because I was like, no, no, this will be a lady fest. And so grateful to have other women in ministry affirming that and to be able to stand with me while I said yes and took on this new step. So grateful to y'all. Let's pray before we dig into this super fun text. Um, most holy God, give us ears to hear. In the midst of the words and the feelings and the thoughts and the wind and the sunshine, would you help us to feel your presence? Will we help, would you help us to feel um, your comfort? Would you help us to notice the words that you are saying just to us as individuals and to us as a community? Would you draw us closer to you? In Jesus' name, amen. Um, so maybe y'all are not all preachers, but sometimes what happens is you pick a text and you're just like, I know where I'm going. Proof texting is not something that we like to do, but I was going to. I was ready to proof text to kind of prove my own point. 
And then I started reading the text and God got all up in my business. And I just wanna say like, I read this and I had feels, like I had to stop in the middle and take some deep breaths. And I don't know, as y'all were listening to this story of separation, this story of conflict, if some feels came up for you, or I don't know, anytime you listen to any part of scripture, you have some feelings that come up for you. And so I just wanna honor those. As you listen to Paul and Barnabas in this conflict, were you mad? Did you feel some anger? Did you feel sad? Did you feel frustrated? Did that niggling sense of past betrayal show up in your body? As you listen to the text, um, I wanna invite you, who did you relate with? Like, did you find yourself putting it in there? So were you like, oh, I'm totally Barnabas because Paul is the worst. Maybe that's where you went immediately. But were you like, I'm frustrated, like Barnabas is totally in the right. Or maybe you're like, you know what? Paul maybe wasn't totally wrong in this situation. And did you hear and do you feel Paul's disappointment with Mark who deserted them? Are you kind of feeling a little bit like Mark and or John, a lot of name changes in scripture where you're just like, yeah, I know I did something and I feel a little ashamed about that. But I do wanna show up again and I hope that y'all will take me. Or did you have that Silas moment where you're like, yeah, I'll go with you, Paul. It seems like a super important, where you're kind of watching the conflict happen and Paul's like, no, 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 you, I pick you. And you're like, oh, okay, I guess we're going. So like, I just wanna honor all of that, that we are people, that we have feelings, that we have baggage that comes with us all the time. And when our feelings come up, depending on what spaces we're in, we've been taught that you just like ignore them. Like there are no feelings. I am a robot, Enneagram one, robot for the win, we get stuff done. <laughs> or maybe we're people who are just like, we shove our feelings down because we don't trust ourselves. We don't trust our actual bodies and our actual feelings and what they're telling us. Or we gaslight ourselves before anybody else could do it. We convince ourselves that we're not really having the feeling, but if we really cared about the church or the community or Jesus or the Bible, we would never, ever have a bad feeling ever in life, right? Okay, I see you. Because we've been gaslit so much, and so we don't even know what to do with our feelings. So I just want to honor us in this moment as we listen. Notice your feelings. Be compassionate with yourself as the feelings come up. And if you're willing, try to be a little curious about where those feelings might be coming from. All right, let's dig into the text. This one was fun because everybody loves the Acts 2 church, right? Everybody sells all their stuff and they're super happy. But if you read most of the book of Acts, it's about people who are in significant conflict trying to figure out how to do life together. But you know what else is in the book of Acts? People who are in significant conflict who determine that it's best if they don't do life together. 
the church could learn so much if we leaned into what we learn in conflicts and that sometimes the best thing that we can do is walk away. And so as we look at the story of Barnabas and Paul, I want to invite us just for a minute to unpack what happens when you walk away, because we know some things happen. Let's start with the characters of our story. Does everybody know all about Barnabas? Everybody? Wow. Bill, what kind of Bible teaching are you doing here? No, I'm kidding. I had to search really hard to find who Barnabas was. Barnabas gets a nod in Acts 4, and it says, Barnabas, there was a Levite. Notice that word. He had some status. He had some power. A native of Cyprus. His name used to be Joseph, and then he became Barnabas, to whom the apostles gave the name Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. Barnabas is a hype man. Like he brings and he invites others to live into the fullness of who they are. We all need a Barnabas in our life, yes? How many of y'all know Paul? Anybody know Paul? <laughs> grumble, grumble. We know that he was formerly Saul. We know that he was the Jew among Jews, that he declares himself he's a Roman citizen. He's a persecutor of Christians. He's a church planter. He's a zealot. And he is also like the most proof texted person, perhaps in scripture. My goal this, this sermon is not to make you love Paul. But you might, no, you won't at the end. You won't love him, but I hope that he can be more complicated. And actually this particular description of Paul and who Paul is settled in my feelings in a different way from Acts 9. And this is when says when everybody says, I will not hang out with Paul. I don't want to mess with Paul. And God says, hold on, let me tell you who Paul is. He is an instrument whom I have chosen to bring my name before the Gentiles and kings and before the people of Israel. I myself will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. God had a different idea who Paul was and what Paul was going to do. And so this unlikely friendship comes together. I love in one of the texts, it says that Barnabas was referred to as Zeus and Paul was Hermes. How annoying would that be if you were Paul? Like Barnabas, who doesn't speak much, there's like, oh, he's totally the God of gods. And you are like that annoying messenger who's like zipping around. But that's how they were known. They were known as a pair. And in Acts 13, we hear that they were joined in their calling. The Holy Spirit says, you two, go out and preach to the churches in Antioch. So they were joined in their calling. That's where their relationship was. They were also joined in persecution. If you read about their travels through Acts, most of them end with, and then they were run out of town. And then they were run out of town. There was that one time that Paul got stoned pretty much to death and they dragged him outside of the city because they thought he was dead. So they were joined in this hard work where they were trying to go into the places where they thought they had family, into the synagogues to say, this is what I was. And they were pushed out. They were joined in their persecution and they were even joined in their theology, which is not always what we say about church people, right? We hear about Paul going to the council of Jerusalem, but Barnabas was with him to say, yes, we need to invite more people to the party. 
So they had actually all of these things in common. And if we're thoughtful and if we think about the ways that our relationships are formed, the ways that our communities are formed, sometimes it's because we have a shared vision and we come together around a shared vision, right? Sometimes communities are formed around a shared pain and we find other people who are hurting the way that we're hurting. And maybe, just maybe, we find community around shared theology. But if you find that community, ask some questions and maybe walk away before they tell you what's right and wrong. So what happens, right? They're friends, they're powerful, they're leaders, they're faithful. The Holy Spirit has like directly spoken to them and told them what to do. And in this passage, we read that they split that they no longer can be together. Um, I find a lot of commentaries give super easy answers. They just didn't like each other. Like that's, like that's the end of the story. Barnabas was the good guy and Paul is a jerk. And Barnabas didn't like what Paul was saying and so Barnabas left. End of story, right? To be perfectly honest, that's a story that I wanted to tell. I wanted to be Barnabas. I wanted to be righteous and good and doing the right thing. And somebody was super mean to me and didn't want to do it the right way. And so I left. Is this recorded, Bill? Good times. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. We all got our stories. But those are the stories we want to tell ourselves, right? When we break up, when we walk away, we want to be the right ones and we want somebody else to be wrong. We wanna be the good, pure, holy ones. And those people over there are the bad ones. Sometimes that's true, but sometimes it's more complicated than that. Anybody who's been in any type of like long-term relationship knows it's often more complicated than that when it's time to walk away, yeah? It's not just like, oh, I just woke up and I just don't like you anymore. Sometimes. Somebody's like, someone's like, well, actually, that one time you wake up and you don't like them anymore. But oftentimes it's a lot more complicated than that, right? Sometimes we walk away because the culmination of past hurts and those disagreements that never ever got resolved that have just been festering and hurting and one day you're just like i can't do it anymore or it's that moment when you're just like i don't want to fight with you anymore and we know that moment that's a break moment where you're just like i'm not fighting with you anymore i'm done there's no more conversations that we get to have or that moment where you're just like oh wow we are stuck. We are not getting anywhere. And we need to go somewhere. So those are some of the moments where it gets more complicated when we think about what it happens when we break up, when it's time to walk away. And specifically for these guys, it says Barnabas wanted to take with them, John called Mark, but Paul decided not to take with them the one who had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not accompanied them in the work. Do you hear the reason that Paul doesn't want to take Mark? Anybody? Mark deserted them. 
they had gone, they were getting ready to go. Mark's like, yeah, yeah, I'm totally in. And when things got hard and when things got scary, Mark left. And Mark probably had his own reasons for leaving. But he left. Paul probably felt incredibly betrayed by him. Paul was probably like, dude, we traveled, we got beat up, we were ready to take this on, we were hungry, we did this, we did this, we did this, and this guy can't come back with us. And you remember we talked about that moment when we are Mark, when we did something wrong, and someone will never, ever let it go, and will never, ever, thanks Brent, I'm gonna clip now, will never, ever, invite us to be back in community. But who knows what was going on for Mark? Was he afraid? Was he tired? Did he feel ill-equipped to step into what they were doing? Do you, do you remember when I said Paul got stoned and dragged out of the city? It's not everybody's burden. And Paul knew that like, if we do this again, it's gonna be bad again. And sometimes when we go into scary places, you know what we want? People who are gonna have our back. People who are really gonna roll with us and be there for us that we can go to after we've been stoned and be like, hey, little salve, can you help me out? Can you take care of me in this moment where I feel broken and, and messed up? And then there's Barnabas who has already proved that he is really willing to stand with people who have been discounted. And so maybe he's like, you know what? Yep, Mark did it, but we're ready to bring him back. I get a little frustrated in this moment because it's Paul. This is when we do get to be frustrated with Paul. Barnabas was one among the first people to listen to Paul's testimony. When Paul stopped being Saul and said he was going to be following Jesus, Barnabas showed up for Paul. And then Barnabas used all of his power and privilege and was like, yeah, Paul can keep coming to the party. We, yeah, you guys, Paul can keep coming to the party. Barnabas offered his privilege to Paul so that Paul could keep doing the work that he was doing. Barnabas even sought Paul out. He was like, this guy has some gifts. We're gonna be able to roll together. And so do you hear the breakdown that's happening in this moment? What I um, distilled it down to is that Paul and Barnabas couldn't agree on who was in and who would be left out. They couldn't agree on who would be in and who would be left out. And in that moment, it was time for both of them to walk away. They didn't trust each other and they couldn't move forward without trust. So we got a little bit of like what happened, but I want us to go a little bit deeper into the cost of walking away. Sometimes we need to, sometimes we must to literally save our lives, but it's often costly. Anybody break up costly? No, that's cool. Some of y'all just cold. You just leave, you just never think about anybody. I'm cool with it. Sometimes that's the way that we need to go. But it says the disagreement became so sharp that they parted company. I actually almost cried on this line. Have you, have you ever had one of those? That the disagreement got so sharp, it was the breaking point. You're like, we're done. It's done. 
there is no way that we will be able to move forward. I, I had to pause because um, I don't know about y'all, but those breakup pains can really linger. The pain of walking away, when you make the decision, it's like, it's happening. I'm gonna get my stuff and I'm gonna leave. The pain when you recognize all of the small steps that have already driven you apart and you look up and you don't realize how far apart you are. And instead of having a conversation, you're yelling across a chasm. There's the real pain of losing a friend or a lover or a partner or an entire community, which sometimes happens when you walk away. And then I think uh, the place where I feel the most tenderness in myself is the pain when you recognize how long you have been lonely, even while you've been in relationship with somebody else. The break is one moment, but so many things lead up to that. And I just wanna say, even if you know it's time to walk away, even if you have to walk away, it's okay if it hurts. It's okay to grieve that separation. It's okay to have memories of things when it didn't suck or didn't seem like it sucked. Or memories where there were sweet moments in the midst of the conflict and the disagreement and the community. And I don't know if you need to hear that, but you can grieve for lost places and not have any desire to go back to them. You can grieve when you have to walk away, but that doesn't mean that you have to go back. There's a word that I found, because um, I went to seminary and they say, you have to use one like Greek or Hebrew word in every sermon, right, Bill? Bill does it every time, I'm sure. But the word is paroxysmus, which is the way that they talk about this sharp disagreement. And I had to stop because let me tell you the two meanings of that word. It either means incitement into love and to doing good, or it means incitement into anger and conflict. What? Family, that's why it hurts. Because when we love hard, and we love real and we love in community, we get real mad when those things break. Or actually, let's be honest, we grieve when those things break and then we get mad. Maybe that's just me. But that process of love to disagreement, to grief, to breaking up, to rage, walking away is costly. And one of the costs that I feel personally that I can talk about the times that I've had to walk away is you're kind of afraid that people are gonna forget you, especially if you're in community. You walk away and you're not quite sure what story is gonna be told about you because you're not there anymore. And you don't have control over your story. And sometimes we try to be nice and we don't wanna walk away and like throw the match. So we're just like, we're just gonna leave. And then you start hearing the stories about why you left and you're just like, that was, that was not the reason at all. That's not, that's not what happened. 
And so there's some grief because you remember what I had? I said, who knows about Barnabas? We don't know about Barnabas. He just kind of seems to disappear. His story is gone. The last bit is this fight that he had with Paul and that's the end of his story. Especially if you are a person that's marginalized that you've had to fight to have your story heard, that you've had to fight to have your acceptance and your body to show up in a space. And then you leave and they forget you or they tell a different story about who you were and what was going on. So sometimes we have to walk away, but it's costly and we're allowed to grieve that. Before I talk about uh, the gifts of walking away, because we also know there's some gifts, because there's that freedom, that, that those two steps into freedom that we get, I just wanna pause and just say, there is a spectacular privilege to walking away. Like some folks can't. So I just wanna name that. Some folks cannot walk away from situations that they do not need to be in, from situations that may actually be killing them and hurting them. You know why? Because they pay their bills. <laughs> Sometimes you can't walk away from a situation if you don't know how your bills are gonna get paid. Sometimes you can't walk away because you have been so traumatized that you're not quite sure that you will ever find another place because you've been abused into thinking we're the only ones who will ever love you. And if you leave, no one will ever love you again. And that story told over and over makes it feel so scary to leave. And sometimes you're just like, well, if I leave, what about all of these other people who are like me, who I love, who I feel like I am leaving behind as I step into my own freedom? Walking away is a privilege that Barnabas and Paul could do. They both had jobs. They were both successful men. And whether we hear it or not, Barnabas went on to like have his bills paid and to do his ministry. Let's be thoughtful about the folks who are marginalized, walking away, not just because who's in and who's out, because they're out, because they've been pushed out and how scary and traumatic and painful that is. Gonna pause there. We're gonna pause there a little bit longer. If you've had to walk away, if you've had to walk away from a place that was doing you harm, that it was not just a disagreement on who's in and who's out, but the disagreement was, can you be here in the fullness of yourself or not? Well done, congratulations. I know that that was probably an incredibly painful decision and posture to take. And maybe you don't even feel like you walked away, you feel like you got pushed out. My encouragement is to, uh, yeah, do one of those. Pull your shoulders back a little bit, get your feet underneath you and keep walking <laughs> by your own power. Honor the grief, honor the pain, honor the hurt, honor the relationships that are gone and keep on walking into the fullness of who God intended for you to be. That's just the pause there to honor those folks in that place. Keep walking.
keep walking. Because the gifts show up after you keep walking. We spend so much time wondering what'll happen if we leave and then we leave and we're just like, oh, this is way better. <laughs> I like this a lot more actually. But we do, right? Once we get the courage to leave and we step in, there are these gifts. And this is what I wanna close with. I think um, the gifts when we walk away is we get some clarity. We get some clarity about what we will and will not tolerate. We get some clarity about who we are for. And hopefully that first four is for ourselves. Um, the clarity that I have gotten recently, which is such a gift, is I'm like, I am unapologetically for women of color, period. That's okay. Does that mean I'm not for anybody else? No, but I am clear about who I'm for and where my priorities will be. And that's a gift, because you know what that means? That means I am unapologetically for myself in a way that I haven't been in a really long time. I think the other thing that you get, which is a harder gift to hold on to, is that perspective. That when you're not in the middle of it, in the mess, sometimes, not always, you can be like, I guess that wasn't all bad, but not in a gaslighty way. That you can look back and say, wow, there were moments that were sweet. There were relationships that were real there was this opportunity where I felt seen and known sometimes, but we need to walk away to get that about ourselves. You walk away and you find some new people who you actually wanna hang out with. Barnabas and, and Mark got to hang out for a while. Paul and Silas went and did their thing separately and they got to build new relationships. And also sometimes when you walk away, you find your people who are walking in the same direction. Walk with those people. <laughs> the people who, again, allow you to step and to walk into who God intended for you to be. There's new relationships. Another little thing about me, I told a friend, I was like, oh, I am such a good number two. I'm like the best number two ever. I'm like a super good sidekick. And they're just like, what kind of ridiculousness is coming out of your mouth right now? Because in the relationships that I had been in, I could only be number two. And so walking away was actually a challenge for me to step into the fullness of my leadership. Scary, very scary, but necessary. And then finally, the gift of walking away is some peace in your spirit. What I notice is Barnabas gets to go back home. Like he goes back home for a little while. And he takes a break from the work that he's doing. He goes home. And I want to make home really broad. Home is where you feel safe. It may not be the home you grew up in. It may not be your hometown. But he got to go to some place where he felt safe and he felt known and he felt ready to rest so he could keep on doing the work. And you get peace in this idea that you don't have to be friends with everybody. Can I, I do want to amen on that one. You don't have to be friends with everybody. You don't have to like everybody. You don't have to be in relationship with everybody. And there may be a possibility at one point there will be some beautiful moment where you run back into each other's arms and everybody like apologizes and accepts their own culpability and all whatever. But you can have peace and be like, you be over there and I'm gonna be over here. And they may, there may never be reconciliation, which I don't know if you're allowed to say in church. Are we allowed to say that, Bill? There may never be reconciliation between you and another person. 
but maybe there will be reconciliation in your own spirit. And you can be a part. And at one point when people look at you again, they go, oh, you look different. You look stronger. You look like you are living more fully into who God intended. Um, Barnabas and Paul never get back together. They don't. They go their separate ways. And there's even a moment where Paul throws some shade at Barnabas that he was like taken over by the hypocrites who made him do something else. I think Paul was hurt. He missed his friend, started talking trash. But later on in Paul's life, he goes, but if you ever see Mark, make sure to welcome him because he's my brother in the gospel. He's doing really good and important work. I'm claiming you as family, so I will say family. Sometimes you got to walk away. Because when you walk away, you get to walk into the fullness of who God created you to be. And it doesn't mean it's not going to hurt. But it just means as you keep walking, you might just find yourself a little bit closer to the person of Christ.